This is Docs Outside the Box, episode 33. Welcome to Docs Outside the Box podcast. This is your official show, looking inside the minds of cutting edge and innovative doctors. Think you'll find these stories in any medical textbook? Sorry, you're getting real live insight from men and women pushing the envelope beyond medicine. Ordinary doctors doing extraordinary things. Let's start now with your host, Dr. Nee Darko. This episode is brought to you by Set for Life Insurance. Protect yourself against life setbacks with Set for Life Insurance. Set for Life Insurance gets you disability and life insurance at a reduced cost with their exclusive discounts. Now that's why I use them. Visit www.setforlifeinsurance.com and tell them Dr. Darko sent you. What's good, everyone? This is D-Doc Outside the Box, Dr. Need Darko, coming back at you with another episode of Docs Outside the Box, where we are bringing you stories of ordinary docs doing extraordinary things, trying to inspire you, that's right, the doctors, who are all over the world to live outside the box. So you may have noticed that there's a little bit of a difference in the audio quality on this episode, at least on the intro of this episode. I am recording not in my usual spot. I'm actually visiting the parents out in Newark, New Jersey, and I'm in their basement. And I needed a quiet place to record as well as kind of spread out and get enough space. And the only spot that I had was taking it back old school into the basement and um, so far, I like it. You know, there's a lot of space. You know, I got a lot of memories down here, but I'm not sure if the audio quality is going to translate. But you all let me know how that goes. Before we move on, though, to the next guest, I have to read a five star review off of Apple Podcasts. And once again, everyone, I do appreciate you all leaving me reviews. It's really appreciated. This one is from DJ Kebab. And it's um, the title is Quality Work, and it reads, Dr. Darko really puts time into his podcast, and you can tell. Quality from interview content to the guests he brings onto his show and all the way to the audio quality. Excellent source, source of motivation and insight for those either on their way into the medical field or those who are on the outside just curious about the lifestyles of those who are in it. He's got a great energy, and you can tell his guests love interacting with him. New listener, can't wait to hear upcoming podcasts. Dr. Dr. DJ, or if you are a doctor, I'm not sure, but DJ Kebab, yo, thank you very much for leaving me a podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for the words. And everyone, please, it doesn't take too long. The links are definitely in the show notes to go to Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite podcast aggregator google play or stitcher radio um, just get in there and leave me a small little review it's definitely appreciated it definitely helps the rankings of the show and it makes it easier for me to get new listeners so my next guest is a fellow podcaster he's actually been podcasting longer than i have and i've actually have been on his podcast so it actually was a good one i'll leave the show notes uh, <laughs> to the link on that one that was actually where i talked about how i bought term life insurance and disability insurance and cash value insurance in a club. And I'm not lying. It actually did happen like that. So I'll put that link in the show note, but it really was a good time on his show. And I'm just, you know, decided to bring him on the show so that we can talk about some, some good financial stuff. So 
The name of my next guest is Dave Denniston. He is a chartered financial analyst and he is host of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast with the tagline where docs can learn to cut out debt and taxes and create a liberated lifestyle. And I'm all for that. So I'm a fan of his podcast. Um, I found that his podcasts are very easy to listen to. I found that they are very consistent, which is very important. And they're very heartfelt. I find him to be very genuine. He also covers a wide range of topics from student loan debt to bankruptcy to burnout. um, And obviously what's in the tagline, which is reduce them damn taxes. So just a little bit about Dave. Um, He serves physicians primarily. And this is his quote, quote, I want to see every physician lower their taxes, destroy their debt and enjoy a joyous, liberated lifestyle so that they can focus on what they love most, their families, their patients, and the activities that give them joy, end quote. And, you know, I'm, I'm down for that. I love that. He is also the author of three books. Um, one of them is The Insurance Guide for Doctors. Next one is Five Steps to Get Out of Debt for Physicians Workbook, as well as The Freedom Formula for Physicians, A Prescription for First-Class Financial Health for Doctors. You can find all of these books on Amazon.com, so go and cop that if you're trying to get that information. Um, So I brought him on the show to talk about how you, docs, if you're trying to live outside the box, then more than likely you're going to be getting um, paid reimbursement in a 1099 fashion. So you got to know exactly how to handle this money, how you're going to reduce your tax burden. It's a big deal. So we talk about ways in which you can decrease your tax burden. We also talk about ways that you can manage your tax situation in terms of creating certain business entities. And by that, I'm talking about you know, an LLC versus a sole proprietorship versus a S corporation. You also talk about, excuse me, you'll also hear about us talk about the life of independent contractors. Um, and before you go ahead and dismiss this as, you know, a topic that's really boring, you know, it's mainly about, you know, esoteric stuff, stuff that may go over your head, please take the time to listen to this podcast. You're going to want to listen to this. Take this very seriously. If you're really serious about living your life outside the box, then taxes is going to be a very important situation in your life especially if you plan on doing this full time. And it doesn't mean that we're going to throw shade on the W2 life because it, it does. I'm not doing that whatsoever. But I think it's just as important to make sure that we compare and contrast that W2 versus that 1099 life so that you can effectively mitigate taxes like the pros do it. So things that you're going to learn in this episode, and you're going to learn a lot, is he's going to share his touching story about why he works with doctors. This is going to be a tearjerker. This is a really good story. I want you all to listen to it. Um, he's also going to compare and contrast that W-2 versus 1099 life. We're going to talk about risk, particularly once you become an independent contractor and what that means in terms of qualifying for the public service loan forgiveness plan, which is actually a big deal. We're going to talk about should you wait 10 years to pay off your student loans by being in the public service loan forgiveness or should you pay it off as quickly as possible and what that means in terms of interest payments, things of that nature. Uh, Obviously, we're going to talk about the difference between an LLC and an S-Corp and in ways as a business owner that you can decrease your tax deductions. And then he's also going to give us some high-yield common tax deductions that he thinks that 
physicians miss on a daily basis. So before we get into the episode, though, there's got to be a small little disclaimer because I ain't trying to get sued by nobody. So please, (laughs) please make sure you see your tax CPA before taking this advice. All right. So let's get on with the interview. Welcome back to another episode of Docs Outside the Box. I'm excited to bring to you Dave Denniston. He is a chartered financial analyst. Say that three times. But uh, Dave, welcome to the show. Me, so glad to be here, man. Thank you for having me. So before we get started on the show, I'm going to introduce you because you got a lot of things going on. And um, today we're going to be talking about the life of an independent contractor. But briefly, you have three different businesses going on. You obviously are the host of the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, which you invited me on about what, late last year, mm-hmm. right? Yep, yep. Like in November. Mm-hmm. Was it November? Okay. And I remember we were talking about kind of my life as a um, as a W-2 independent contractor, kind of going through the rigmarole of uh, of uh, uh, cash value life insurance. You remember that? <laughs> the the club scene. That, that, yeah, that the was club my scene. favorite part of the podcast. Boom. For those who are listening, um, I met one of my first financial well, – actually, no, my second financial analyst or fi- financial planner. I met him in a club in Miami, and uh, let's just say the rest – uh, <laughs> the rest kind of went in line with uh, choosing a financial planner in a club, right? Did he buy you a drink or did you buy him a drink? This this is the part. I- you know what? Actually, I didn't. Yeah, I think he bought me a drink. And then the rest was history, I think, actually. Yeah, yeah. He bought me a drink and, uh, you know, next, you know, I'm, I'm buying cash value insurance. And, um, you know, you can listen to the show to find out more about it. Um, but, um, the other thing that we talked about also, which is pretty significant, or at least it's the same is, Hey, the Knicks still suck. (laughs) (laughs) Bill Jackson. I know how much you love that man. Oh my goodness. He's got to go, man. He's got to go. But you know what? It's the Knicks. They've, they've sucked since what? 99, 2000. So I'm not expecting much of a change. Don't you worry. Blake Griffin is going to get traded. Hey, 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 hey. I don't want to, I don't want a more athletic Amari Stoudemire basically. (laughs) So basically, I'm not big on Blake Griffin. All right. All right. Well, you, you may not have a choice, man. Yeah, I know. I know. But hey, listen, everyone, besides uh, Dave being the host of Freedom Formula for the Physicians podcast, um, he's also an author of numerous books. All of them are available on Amazon. Um, the most notable are Insurance Guide for Physicians, which I like, um, the Tax Reduction Prescription, as well as the Freedom Formula for Physicians, a prescription for first-class financial health for doctors. And you are working on one right now, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, and you, you've gotten a couple of early sneak peeks as long as some other people in the VIP group. It's uh, for residents. And this this book is near and dear to my heart. One of uh, my good friends, Amanda Liu, who uh, was Dr. Wise Money, you can still find her on the web at drwisemoney.com. Her website is still up. Unfortunately, she passed away in uh, November. So I'm really yeah, using yeah. this project to honor her and honor uh, some of the really wise things that, that she has to say about money. So we're so excited. We're in the process of formatting, going through some edits, and uh, it's going to be a great project. And then last but not least, you are also now working on mobile gaming now, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. So um, uh, recently, about two months ago, almost exactly now, I, I got in with a family member and we bought another business. And uh, this actually is going to be a great tax deduction for me for this year. So we bought an existing business. I'm not building it from scratch. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit. But uh, I'm super excited about that business where we're essentially helping developers build games like Clash of Clans. 
Okay, got you, got you. So that's something that you see on TV and some of the other games with like Arnold Schwarzenegger. What is it, Mobile Strike or right. something like that? Yeah, exactly. Those type of things that you see on 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 uh, mobile gaming on iPod or excuse me on iPhones as well as Android uh, cell phones, right? That's you hit it right on the head. Yeah, so it's it's helping people make games just like those. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, look. Um, is there anything else I missed about you? Because I know. The thing that I really want to hit is obviously today we're going to talk about independent contracting, how to reduce your your tax burden, um, talk about the risks, some of the benefits, and then kind of just go from there. But before we go, I know that you primarily work with physicians, and I know there's a heartfelt story with that. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, I, I know this is something you talk about, um, which is um, should you focus exclusively on doctors does it make a difference on that kind of thing and i'll tell you um from my perspective this whole journey started for me actually i made a another business acquisition about uh, almost exactly nine years ago right before the financial crisis hit bad time to buy a business um but um we moved fall away from Seattle, Washington to Bloomington, Minnesota, which most people would say, why the heck would you ever move to Minnesota? But I'll tell you, the weather's actually better here. Don't tell anyone, but the weather is better here than it is out in Seattle. <laughs> How close were you to Prince? Uh, you know, he and I were buddies. No, no. Yeah, no. were? <laughs> Not at all. That would have been awesome. Okay. We, uh, surprisingly, we drove by his place a whole bunch of times and never knew it. It's, it, okay. it's like a, a compound uh, totally. What was it, uh, Purple Paisley or something like that? Or? Uh, Paisley Park. Paisley Park, okay. Yes. All right. My bad, I'm taking you on a tangent. My bad, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. So we moved here to Minnesota. Uh, my wife, the with our oldest daughter, who is just turning 12 this year, she had toxemia and preeclampsia. Mm. And okay. during that birth, uh, I thought my wife was going to die. She went full term, and she was having horrible seizures uh, postpartum. Uh, the doctors didn't didn't know it. Her blood pressure was sky high, but at the time, this was back in 2005, um, it was it was super scary. And so, we waited for a long time before having our second. And it was really hard to get pregnant to start out with. And um, so, with our second daughter, uh, my my wife barely got through through the the beginnings part of the pregnancy process, the first trimester. Right? You know how that is. With uh, right. your little kiddo coming here shortly, my uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. My uh, my wife was having really bad headaches. She was having blurred vision. She was having seared pain towards the uh, middle of the second um, trimester, or at the beginning of it, actually. And so she started going in and out of the hospital, and we're just, what is going on? And no one could tell us. And this whole time, we were telling them, hey, watch out for toxemia, preeclampsia. And they said, oh, there's no way it could possibly show up until 30 weeks. And um, we were told that she was going to have to stay in the hospital at one particular point uh, for the rest of the pregnancy. And unfortunately, things got a little worse. And um, my my wife um, finally showed the signs of toxemia, uh, 23 mm. weeks gestationally. And uh, matter of fact... So not, follow, not following the textbook. No, not at all. And um, my birthday actually is May 12th uh, from the time we're recording this coming up here pretty soon. And uh, the... Well, happy happy birthday because this ain't coming out May 12th. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. And, uh, that, that was a Saturday. The following day was Mother's Day. And on my birthday, we were told that we're going to have to make a decision of whether or not to keep this tiny 
barely developed baby inside my wife or take her out. And the blood flow was starting to slow between my, my wife and my daughter. And the next day, on Mother's Day, um, we, we made the decision to do so. And being a numbers geek, right, I'm like, well, what's the chance of her surviving? And they had told me less than 40%. Less than 40 And then they, they told me the truth, right? In her case, though, it's all or nothing. 100% or zero. That hurt. <laughs> and I remember this moment where... I had to sit down and explain to my oldest daughter that uh, her, her sister may not make it. And um, from that, that moment nearly broke me, having to get down on my knees and seeing the tears in my oldest daughter's eyes. Um, and then I go with my wife. I'm in the operating room with her, and they take out this little girl with translucent skin who makes a little squawk. And I, I'm there, rushed to the other side. I'm videotaping this whole thing. And the, the neonatologist fellow told me to back up for a moment. Um, and somehow, someway, she got a tiny, tiny, tiny breathing tube down her tiny, tiny, tiny little throat. This little girl, 12.4 ounces, born on Mother's Day 2012. I mean, you can see a picture on your website. I'm looking at it right now. It's very sobering. It's... Um... It's very touching. Yeah, uh, I just I can't even tell you how grateful I am to those neonatologists, and um, I, I was speaking with a few doctors at that time, quite frankly, and I enjoyed really working with them. Uh, but it was at that point five years ago that I really changed the direction of my career to really focus on physicians and with just an attitude of giving back. You know, um, I, I've never been in this um, purely for the money, obviously. It's good to get paid along the way, um, but uh, the hours I've spent is probably worse than a resident, right, <laughs> on uh, the amount of time I've put into putting content out there for um, physicians. So um, whether it's the podcast or the books or uh, other resources, I'm constantly trying to, to find ways to promote education um, on uh, all kinds of different subjects, whether it's burnout or finances, debt, taxes, uh, all of that stuff um, is is what uh, I'm trying to help doctors be so they can be um, financially free and just living the life of their dreams because uh, I, I think doctors are our best and brightest and they deserve to know this stuff that they've never been taught in medical school. Man, that's a that's a very sobering story. It's heartfelt. But listen, you can't leave us hanging. <laughs> you didn't let us know how your daughter's doing. How's she doing? Man, man I mean, so we were in that NICU from – um, well, in the hospital from late April 2012 through September, uh, late September 2012, past her due date. Her birthday, her due date was supposed to be September uh, 9th, I think it was, of 2012. And uh, she came home on oxygen, and um, thank goodness, you know, she developed. She didn't have brain aneurysms. She didn't have any of the really, 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 really horrible stuff, intestinal issues like many kids do. So we were just blessed. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm, and and how well she came out. Now, obviously, being so premature, there, there are certain things that linger. Uh, here she is turning five here um, in the middle of May. And um, I have to tell you, I mean, she's, she's just a miracle. She's our miracle child. We named her Evangeline, which means bearer of good news. Um, so we're, we're working with her on developmental stuff. 
Um, but she she loves to smile. I mean, this girl is just a a a joy. Um, I can't I can't even tell you how grateful I am that she is here, um, and, and the journey that we've had together with her. Well, thank you very much for sharing. I really appreciate your honesty on that, and it's always good to start the show on a on a really high note. And as you know, it's all going to go downhill from here. <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, but for real, that's a that's a, that's a great story. That that is a great story. So so listen, now that we we we've, we've gotten that talked about, um, what I brought you on the show is to, what I brought you on the show to talk about is independent contracting. Obviously, you mentioned that with, um, you know, your mobile gaming uh, business, but as you know, this show is Docs Outside the Box. We're telling stories, inspiring stories about people who are living outside the the box and doing non-traditional things. And obviously in order to start getting some type of financial reimbursement or financial um, uh, uh, pay from that, obviously that pay is going to be in a independent contracting status or in a 1099 status. Um, So let's talk about that. Um, What is all the hoopla about being an independent contract? Why is that such a big deal now? Is it because for me, I feel like nobody was really talking about this prior to 2008. Does this have anything to do with, you know, what happened in 2008 and people just realizing that, you know, being a W-2 employee is 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 fraught with a lot of issues also besides, you know, obviously not being your own boss and things of that nature? Yeah, man. No, I I think it's a it's a great question. And. I think from my perspective, you know, coming from the outside a little bit, not being in medicine, but but obviously pretending to be a doctor at uh, at times. Um, from my perspective, I really think that what independent contracting does for physicians is it gives them freedom and flexibility. So I don't think from my perspective, it's as much about the financial piece as it is about your time and how you choose to spend that time. So for example, uh, many physicians today, they work in a hospital setting. And in the hospital setting, as you know, having been through this, I mean, you are expected to produce, you're expected to do X, Y, and Z, have to be places at this time, this time, this time, see patients for five to 10 minutes, particularly for primary care docs. And many doctors feel like, I hear this all the time, like they're on an assembly line. And right. you just see patient after patient and you're a, you're a cog in a wheel, you're a cog in a wheel and you're a salaried employee. You have to do what they tell you when they tell you to do it. How high do you want to jump? You know, this high and right. And you get you got to jump up. So I think um, the, the independent contracting thing is a great way for physicians to reclaim their freedom um, and. Obviously, there, there are some financial benefits to it, depending upon the person and where they're at. And I think um, this will be a great conversation in terms of who might this be good for, who might this not be good for. Cause All right. Let's take, let's, let's take it there then. Who, who do you think this would be really good for, being an independent contractor? I think um, from my perspective, the, the best candidates, um, which this can be most anyone, but from my perspective, I think um, the debt load is a big question, right? Mm. How much debt do you have? So – Let's take an example. Let's say you have a physician that had some family support, maybe, and um, they have $100,000 in student debt. That is going to be really easy to erase. And maybe they're, they're, they're a primary care doc, right? So they are um, high in demand, but they don't get paid as much as a surgeon like yourself, right? You know, their, their hourly rate generally is lower. Uh, you could probably speak to this better than I can in terms of hourly rates for independent contractors. But um, 
that kind of person I think is a great candidate because they can get rid of that debt super quick. Now, let's compare this to, let's say, a neurologist that is making at the hospital $200,000 a year and they have $400,000 in student debt. When you choose to do the independent contracting, you have to move away from the public service loan forgiveness, right? So you don't have a nonprofit behind you anymore to get your debt forgiven. And if you've gone through residency, maybe fellowship, where you are now five years in a PSLF and you only have five years left, to me, why not just knock it out, get on the assembly line for a few years, and then you could get off and do independent contracting. So the P- so the PSLF is basically if you spend 10 years at a non-for-profit hospital, it doesn't have to be cons- it doesn't have to be at the same hospital, but if you're 10 years at a non-profit hospital, then you can get a portion of your loans paid back. Am I describing it right? Uh, ba- you can get all of it um, paid back depending upon, you know, what what you're doing. I mean, you look at someone with $400,000 in debt, right? I mean, 7% interest, we know let's just make a nice round number, 6.8 is more common, but 7%, I mean, you're paying $28,000 a year in interest. So even if you're making $2,000 a month payments, you're not even tapping into the principal, right? So you're, right. you're probably going to get the whole thing forgiven. Uh, assuming all the programs stay into place, which some people doubt that, and that could be possible. But for what we can see right now, uh, anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, October <laughs> is is when we first start seeing these debts get forgiven, and we're getting a little bit of pushback. There's a New York Times article that sent a lot of uh, residents and fellows and practicing physicians shaking in their boots. But uh, personally, for me, I think they're going to honor that commitment. I think people are going to get grandfathered in, um, but uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll just have to go so, with the flow. So if you, uh, so basically the the premise is, if you are an independent contractor, you are no longer employed by that hospital. Therefore, you do not qualify for PSLF. Yes, sir. Is, am I say, am I doing the acronym right? Is it PSLF? Yes, sir. Yep. Public service loan okay. forgiveness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So that that is a risk to being an independent contractor if you are going to go that route. But let me ask you this question: What? Because there there are a lot of people who believe, well, look, I'm paying off my debt. Should I necessarily wait 10 years to pay off that debt um, when I can basically make some accelerated payments and get that taken care of and not have to worry about the interest payment or have to worry about paying this over 10 years when I could pay it off maybe in five years, maybe even quicker? What do you say about that? Well, I think that that's totally legit. Um, But if you have $400,000 in student debt, right? 400. You know, which I'm talking Mm -hmm. to more and more young physicians that have that. I mean, that's, that's a heck of an elephant to try and bite down it can be done right absolutely Mm -hmm. but you're gonna have to maybe delay on the purchase of your home right you might have to make other decisions which every person has their own individual situation that you really have to examine and say is that right for me you know let's say you have some kids and you you can't stay in a two-bedroom apartment anymore right it just isn't gonna happen um that that may or may not be the right route for them um so uh, the other thing, too, to point out is, of course, you could do moonlighting on the side. You know, maybe you're at a hospital um, and you want to get a side hustle going to get some side income. Um, great for that, too. So even if someone does have $400,000 in student debt and they're doing full-time uh, hospital work, uh, if they want to start a side hustle, maybe that'd be good for them. Or maybe they go to point eight or something like that, assuming they can still qualify for PSLF. Uh, your employer has to mm. sign off on it, right? But um, right. outside of that, I mean, you could consider those kinds of things on the side. Many residents um, do this, and I think it's a great way to make some extra dough. 
Um, but obviously, you have to balance family time and uh, everything else. For someone that's single, not a big deal, right? You know, you can go go and do your thing and, and get paid. Jump on a plane and bounce or, you know, go and just take a weekend and not really have anybody worrying about mm-hmm. you. Right. Now, okay, so let's let's do a quick comparison. So if you are a W-2 employee, can you compare just the nuts and bolts W-2 with being an independent contractor? Um, you know, obviously there are plenty of, of great examples of why you should be a W-2 employee. Um, and then there's also, so I don't want to poo-poo that. Uh, for all the docs out there who are employed, I don't want to say, hey, look, if you're a W-2, you're getting you know, uh, you know, the, you're getting raked over the coals, but I'm just saying, let's compare and contrast, you know, just the, the benefits, the risks of W2 versus independent contract. Oh man, that's a great question. Are you ready to go deep? Let's do this. All right. Well, let's talk some numbers. Can we talk some numbers and taxes? Let's, let's, let's talk numbers, man. Preach. All right. So <laughs> check this out. W2 wage employee, right? So let's say, let's just use $200,000. I like using that number because a lot of people get paid around that number in primary care. Obviously, if you're a surgeon, you're getting paid more. Uh, but let's just use $200,000 as an example, okay? As an employee, the first $120,000 of your income, you pay FICA taxes, which is Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, all that stuff. You pay some and your employer pays some. As a matter of fact, the total FICA taxes is pretty close to 15%, and you split that about in half. So as the employee, you pay 7.5%, about, approximately. As the employer, they pay 7.5%. Then, now, everything over $120,000, Social Security drops off. You don't pay that at all. You don't pay that at all. You still pay Medicare. Okay, which the Medicare tax is 1.45%. And then if you're making over $200,000, if you're married, then you have an additional tax of another 1% on top of that. So the good news, long story short, if everyone's head spinning from all these numbers, 120K and below, you're paying taxes a lot. 120K and above, you're paying less, to make it simple, as an employee. And keep in mind, okay. your employer is also paying money too, right? So when you're independent contractor, what happens now? How does this change? Well, now, let's just use an example of someone who, who does not have an LLC or S corporation or anything like that, right? This person is paying both employer and employee, right? So they're paying 15%. They're paying 15%. You don't have the employer helping out on half of it. So as a matter of fact, if you just look at that, you'd say, oh, this sucks. You know, you're actually paying more money in taxes um, in terms of FICA taxes, at least. Now, there's obviously income taxes and other stuff as well, too. Federal, state, if you have a state that pays state income taxes. So, so you're responsible for 15%. Now, does that stop after $120,000 like in the W-2 world or is it the – is it – is it the same or is it different? Great question. So again, we're just using a sim- simple example, right? So um, after $120,000, then um, same rules apply. So that Social Security tax of 6.2% for the employer and 6.2% for the employee um, both drop off. So in the 10 in the 1099 in the 1099 world, world again, using a, a sole proprietor of you don't have an LLC or S corp or whatever. So, okay. And then when you mention employer and employee, obviously that's one and the same because you're, 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 you're sole proprietorship or you're self-employed. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So what's, what's the benefit then from that? 
is there any benefit whatsoever? Yeah. So the the main benefit, knee, um, which is when you start doing stuff like creating an S corporation or an LLC that's taxed as an S corp. All right. So I'm going to take people down a journey here. And number one thing that I want everyone to do who's listening to this podcast is check out what your state does because every state is different. Some states are better for LLCs. Some states are better for S corporations. And keep in mind, you can treat an LLC as an S corp. Many people just set up an LLC, but an LLC by itself does not have any tax benefit. It has a legal benefit, but not a tax benny. So, so, so an S corporation has a tax benefit. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, okay. So then, so then, real quick, then, if I decide, okay, I'm working at such and such hospital, I'm a W two employee, mm-hmm. but then on the side, I decide to do some, you know, I have to get my side hustle on, and I'm doing independent contracting, yep. right? Yep. I am I am basically knee Darko, sole proprietor, working at such and such hospital on the side, right? Is there any is there any reason that I need to form an LLC or form an S corporation to get some of the benefits that you may just be talking about? Or should I just stay as knee Darko who just does does things on the side? All right, man, we, we got to get into the numbers, get in the numbers. Right. So um, <laughs> it, it, it depends. You're going to love this answer, right? <laughs> it depends. Everyone's situation is different. Please see your tax CPA right. before taking this advice. But um, <laughs> anyhow, um, the, the the right answer is it depends on your income. Okay, So if you are in your W-2 job making over $120,000, those FICA taxes disappear for both jobs, essentially. All right? After 120K. After 120K. So there's okay. no huge tax benefit to doing an S corporation when you have a W2 job and uh, as a hospital employee and then you have the um the the side hustle of doing some locums so okay. th- there's not a huge tax benefit there in most cases cuz you know let's say you're making 30 40 50 grand on the side which is great 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 dough but um, because you already are paying those fica taxes you know you get past 120k point then um, it it doesn't become a, a huge tax benefit unless you do some um, creative stuff that that um, you and I could probably talk handle in a different podcast with. Um, It'll spin people's heads. It'll spin people's absolutely, heads. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, so the best candidate for an S corp, which I'm sure this is probably where you're going, is someone who does yep. locums full time. Okay. All right. Now, what is okay? What is an LLC? Tell tell us what an LLC. Yeah, is. man. Limited Liability Corporation. But like, what does that mean? Well, again, it depends on your state, right? In terms of of the best legal protections for you. But essentially, it's just a a legal entity that you create, and you just sign a piece of paper, you get a, a tax ID, and bam! All of a sudden, congratulations! You have a corporation, which we know from Stephen Colbert that that is a person. So. <laughs> you have you birthed a new child known as an LLC. And in this LLC, essentially income, you want to set up a separate bank account, right? So you, you don't want to have a bank account in your name. You want to have it in the LLC. So all deposits for your side hustle or locums or whatever go through that entity. So if you ever get sued, only things that are owned by the LLC could be 
ha- having money taken out of them. So that that's the main gotcha. reason why most people, but again, different states are different. So I just make sure to have everyone check and be specific about their specific state to see what's the best vehicle for legal protection uh, as opposed to some of the financial stuff we're talking about here. Got you. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, then what is an S-Corp? What, what is the big deal? So the S-Corp, uh, which what gets confusing here is you have an S-Corp and you can have an LLC that gets treated as an S-Corp, which essentially oh, they do the same thing, right? <laughs> um, so so right. basically imagine, right, this is great for someone that's full-time locums, all right? They're full-time locums uh, like yourself. And so mm-hmm. they have let's call it $300,000 in locums income. So what they do, that gets 1099 to them rather than W-2. And so with that 1099 income, it goes in their bank account for the S-Corp or the LLC. And then rather than having a hospital give them a W-2, the person comes up with a salary, which must be quote-unquote reasonable. (laughs) And this is a gray area that a lot of people... Um, struggle with what is reasonable and right so okay so you're saying people will create a salary for themselves where the company or their s corporation will pay individual a reasonable amount right so so basically if you get paid 300k you can't pay yourself like a dollar <laughs> and just say like hey like i'm like that won't even buy you ice <laughs> i'm all i'm all i'm all altruistic and stuff you know and i got social responsibility and you know i want to pay my employees a dollar right you can't do that right yeah <laughs> and that no that that doesn't work and and, right. and so generally most guidelines that that i tend to emphasize people to use but again see your person right go talk to your tax person about it um or certainly you can can give me a holler and i'd be happy to give some guidelines a good general guideline is 50 percent if you use okay. if you use like ten percent, that's probably too low, right? So if you're making and you're gonna get audited, yeah, you're gonna get audited. Okay. You could get slapped around. You know, thirty percent is probably okay, um, but just realize you raise your audit risk, and you'd have to justify that quote unquote reasonable salary. So okay, um, that that's the risk you get into. But a big advantage, like for myself, I have an S corporation. And my different entities, which have different tax IDs and whatnot, all flow into this one entity. And so mm-hmm. um, that one entity pays me a W-2 wage. For me, I'm using about 30%. So it's paying me about a $50,000 salary. Okay. And so why do I do that? Yeah, why would you do that? Why I do that is because on that income, of the $50,000, I pay those FICA taxes. As an employer, I pay those FICA taxes, the Social Security and Medicare and stuff, that about 15%, right? So that's $7,500 that I'm paying on 50 grand. Okay, following me so far? Got you. That amount that's above $50,000, from $50,000 in my case, up to about $150,000 for last year, that amount I do not pay FICA taxes on. So... In the, okay. in, the right. w, in the W-2 world, that's like the equivalent of a $100,000 salary, right? So you're still paying – so 15% or excuse me, you're still paying 7% whereas the hospital is paying an additional 7% yep. until you get up to 120. Okay, so you still got 20K to go. Yep, yep. So basically in my particular case, I'm avoiding those $70,000 of payroll taxes between 50 and 120, right? Saving 15% okay. on that. You still pay federal income taxes. You still pay state income taxes on that amount without other deductions, right? So that's your profits. The profits are passed through 
right to your tax return where you don't have those FICA taxes. So that's the huge advantage of doing S-Corps is you can avoid that 15% um, for the amount above your salary up to, obviously, the um, total amount of your profits. Okay, so Dave, let me ask you a quick question. So remain on that thought. So that's that was the the benefit of having an S corp. Now let's let's dial it back. Can you do the same thing with an LLC? You can. Um, if if the okay, LLC is you. treated as an S corporation, you can file to have your LLC treated as an S corp. Okay, got you. Now let's take another step back. Let's just say you are doing locums on the side, right? Or let's just say you, you are, you're full-time locums or you're, you're full-time uh, independent contractor and you don't form an LLC and you don't form an S-Corp, but you have like a separate bank account. Can you do or can you benefit um, from that uh, tax savings the way how you can in an LLC or in an S-Corp? So just to repeat, repeat back, make sure I'm understanding. So if you're a sole proprietor, can yes. you benefit from some of those same tax advantages without incorporating or any of that yeah stuff. so so obviously the payroll taxes are, are the payroll taxes and if you're a w-2 employee and you have that on the side then you're already benefiting right from essentially the same thing you still have to pay medicare mm-hmm. but where the other tax things that come into play that people should be thinking about are some of the really cool things of owning a business to reduce your profits which thus also reduces your payroll taxes so this is where as a business owner you can do all kinds of really cool stuff so maybe you want to be a dock outside the box and you want to have a, another kind of business maybe you want to have a blog or a podcast or um, some something else besides just doing locums you know you can really pool this stuff all into one place and start taking deductions like for travel for example so Ah, let's all right let's let's say that you're going to go a conference right you want to go to a conference of other physician bloggers or you want to go to a conference of podcasters or you want to go to a conference of something that's a a passion of yours which you intend to make a profit from then uh, obviously you can go ahead and start taking deductions for all kinds of stuff meals and entertainment which is usually about 50 percent in most cases Uh, you can do your hotel expenses you can do the air flying you can buy a new laptop and deduct part of that every year if you're using. So what 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 does a dedu- what does a deduction do to your taxes? What does that mean? Yeah, great question. Um, essentially, so let's say again you have two hundred thousand dollars of income. Let's say you're paying yourself a W two wage of fifty grand. So you have profits, right? Your business has profits of hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So it reduces your profits. So whether you're you're a um, sole proprietor and you don't have those W two wages or whatever, the uh, profits get reduced. So you don't pay FICA taxes, you don't pay federal income taxes, you don't pay state income taxes on those expenses. Okay. So it so if you made 150 and you 150,000 for the year and you had a bunch of tax deductions that equaled up to let's say 50,000. I'm just putting a number out there. That means that you would be responsible on t- being taxed at what 100,000? Mm, uh, essentially, right? You know, if if, if you had okay. $200,000 of uh of uh, gross and you have an S corp, you pay yourself 50 K, you know, you have $150,000 left a profit, right? Then you have $50,000 of expenses. Now you only have a hundred thousand dollars left that you get federally and uh, state income taxed on. And there is no way you can have this type of freeway or this type of 
what's the word I want to use? Like, you don't have the ability to do this as a W-2 employee. Not in most cases, right? I mean, there's, there's, there, there's certain cases. things that you can deduct, okay. right, with CEs, but um, there's there's a lot of things you can't deduct, too. <laughs> when it comes to that okay. stuff, which, um, I, to okay. be honest, you know, I don't know that part of the tax code in and out, um, but the the principles um, are are there. Okay, so if I use my cell phone a lot, I use my cell phone to call the hospitals. That tax is absolutely. Yep. Yep. Okay. Or if you and you buy right. a new cell phone, right, and you're using it for business purposes, that becomes tax deductible. So the new iPhone eight that's coming out that's going to be a thousand dollars. That's tax deductible. Yeah, buddy. Absolutely. And this this is where some people get into some stuff, which, in my opinion, there's an expense still, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if do you want to spend that money just to spend it, right? Getting taxed on it, but keeping some of it might be a better thing than just spending the money. You know what I mean? Right. I see what so, you're saying. So it basically becomes a cash flow issue. That's what you're exactly. talking about. Exactly. Or just a saving issue, okay. right? You know, I okay. mean – uh, and and there's there's various things that uh, we'll probably have to get into a different time that uh, we can talk about that that can save you money on taxes and um, do do the cash flow thing. But uh, the big ones that a lot of people need to think about, which some of these are more aggressive than others. Uh, I had a guy in my podcast, Craig Cody, that came up with three tax deductions I had never heard before in my life. And let's hear them. Uh, one of them that um, that uh, I had heard of. Um, but I haven't personally used yet, is using your kids as a tax deduction. So you can pay your kids up to a certain amount. I can't remember that amount off the top of my head, but obviously they, your baby, right? You, you, can't, <laughs> you can't justify having a baby as an employee. But my 11-year-old going on 12, there's definitely things she could do, which I could pay her for, uh, maybe she can might get paid more than than uh, a normal person, but that's a great way to pass on money to your kids and have it be tax free because the certain amount of money you make uh, is tax free. Um, so that's one one particular idea that I thought was great. Uh, an, another okay. one um, that um, he referred to is there are certain things you can buy, which you guys just have to review this again with your CPA. Um, let's say that you love to fly or you have an RV or you want to build a pool. You know, if you're using those things for what are, can be considered business purposes, then those <laughs> things can become tax deductions, which, again. So we had an, we're heading into the gray zone we're right in the now? Gray, man. This, this is totally gray <laughs> stuff because there, there are IRS rulings that support this stuff, um, but it okay. depends on the situation. So. You know, okay. obviously, if if you don't use your house, right, to conduct business, I mean, let's say you're doing telemedicine, you know, you're using your house for business purposes, it would be a lot easier to go and say, you know, I'm adding on to the room, I'm doing some house renovations, therefore you get to write some of that off, right, versus okay. someone that's doing locums that they're not doing work out of their house, right, they're at a hospital, that's going to be a heck of a lot more difficult to make a case for. So got you. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Just be very careful, you know, when it comes to this stuff, make sure you have justification and documentation, right. To back it up. Now, what, what about you? Cause you, you obviously work with physicians a lot. Are there any common tax deductions that you see 
independent contractors, physicians not taking advantage of. You know, the big one, um, for people that want to live outside the box, which is, we've been talking Mm -hmm. about that mobile gaming kit acquisition towards the beginning of the podcast, that if someone wants to live outside the box, what I did personally, uh, which I've made um, two times now, uh, one was the acquisition right before the financial crisis, and now the second one, acquisitions are awesome tax deductions. So... If you can find an existing business to acquire, that money you pay up front can be all tax deductible. So this year, I put down 35K to buy a business that's cash flowing, right? So I'm going to get a big tax deduction this year uh, for putting down that money as a down payment um, to buy the business. So... Okay. I think for someone that wants to live outside the box, they should be thinking about that. Um, what I used, in full disclosure, is a business broker. Um, so if someone's interested in online stuff, there's a business broker called Empire Flippers, empireflippers.com. They have two podcasts that I highly recommend. Um, get out my iPad here, see if I can find the names of them. Um, one of them is the, well, I'll get them to you later, Nee, rather than me. Kind of okay. Poke, no problem. We'll put them in a show. Poke, notes. poke around. So people want to check it out. You know, I those are great educational resources that have uh, a couple hundred episodes of buying businesses. Um, that for okay. for someone has a has a uh, desire in sports. There's a I believe there's been a sport website up there uh, that you could buy for a million dollars if you want to. Um, I'm not necessarily suggesting that for people. You mean like a team? Um, no, they do like e-commerce drop shipping stuff. So okay. like they, gotcha. they have okay. Amazon stuff or they have their own website. And so these are all businesses that have cash flow, right? You don't, you don't want to – starting something from scratch is hard. I would rather buy something where someone has some systems in place where you can just hop right in, be getting cash flow from day one. So okay. the, the right. end game is it's going to increase your – taxes, right? Because you're making more money. But in the short term, you can get a tax deduction for doing so. So next year, I'm going to do this again. I'm going to buy a fourth business um, doing the same thing that I'm doing right now. Because Dang, Dave, you're becoming a mogul. That's, that's the game, my friend. Sitting that's on the top of the world. And hiring <laughs> hiring people, right, to, to help me with running these things. Because I don't want to be spending all my time running them. Um, so... Just it's very similar to if you buy rental homes, right? You know, you buy one, you might be able to do it yourself. You buy two, you might be able to do it yourself. But at some point, you have to have help. Um, Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, all right. So, what are what are some other common tax deductions that you think physicians can take advantage of that they're not doing right now? Um, other big ones. Let's think about this. Uh, Other ones, kind of uh, outside the box. We talked about uh, we. What about like like per, per, like for example like professional development like because technically let's say you decide to get a a coach right like that's not like CME but that's professional development does that count can that absolutely. be tax deductible yeah absolutely oh, okay. you know you go you go and you get a coach you know that is something that should be tax deductible um, whether it's a life coach or a business coach or um, if someone wants to start their own their own um, practice. Uh, all of those things absolutely are tax deductible. Uh, when you have your okay. own website, you know the website expenses are, are tax deductible. So people that want to start their own blog or podcast, you know, doing what we're doing, absolutely, um, th- those kinds of things are, are great ways to um, lower your taxes. 
and uh, do something good for the world too. Okay. All right. Well, look, we're, we're, we're getting towards the end of our podcast. So I want, I want you to take a moment to, to tell us more about your podcast. Um, I know you have a lot of great information out there and I know you're trying to get and expand to more physicians. Um, so take this opportunity to tell us more about your podcast. Well, thank you, Nee, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a journey. I've been doing it for a bit over two years. And uh, as we speak, we're, we're trying to get some of the old episodes back up there. So uh, eventually we'll have all all hundred back up and running. I think right now we have like fifteen or something. So we're we're working our way back to having all hundred back on there. Um, and I've had so many cool people that I've been able to meet, whether it's yourself or Jim Dolly, uh, the White Coat Investor, or Pamela Weibel or Dyke Drummond, uh, and just so many cool physicians. And what what I do in my podcast is. For many doctors, we have these fireside chats where we talk about what's the journey that someone's been through. Because um, I feel, you know, the stories that we can tell are much better ways to learn. Um, in addition to information like we've been spitting at people today. Um, and so there's obviously times we spit out that information, give people some great ideas, um, but uh, capturing stories along the way and how people got to success or how they failed, right? Let's let's learn from other people's failures. Right. And um, that that way we can keep on succeeding. And me, myself, I've made plenty of mistakes and plenty of failures, and I'm totally transparent about uh, what those have been and lessons I'm continuing to learn along the way as as I go on my journey of uh, trying to be a multi-millionaire, able to give money to lots and lots of people. That's a good cause, man. So once again, your your podcast is the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. It's basically it's a podcast where docs can learn to cut the debt. Um, and taxes and create a liberated lifestyle. Did I get that's that correct? That's the tagline. That's, that's what it's all about. Okay. So we, we have a big focus on debt, on taxes like we've been talking about today, but we also talk about burnout. We also talk about some docs outside the box uh, like yourself that, that have are doing some interesting things and uh, whether it's real estate or um, mobile gaming kits or, or other stuff. Uh, what are other things people can think about to, to be creative and do some different things outside the norm? So that's what the show is about. People can find it at Dr. D-O-C-T-O-R freedompodcast.com, where often I have a free tool that people can download. Or, of course, they can find the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast on iTunes or their favorite player. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent. Well, listen, Dave, we got to do this again. We're out of time right now, but this was a great podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time out um, to one, share your your amazing heartfelt story um, about your daughter, but also at the same time, uh, able to kind of impart some knowledge um, to a growing number of physicians who are out there basically transitioning from that W-2 life uh, to that 1099 lifestyle. So, uh, Dave, we got to do it again. Thank you very much. Absolutely, man. Well, thank you for having me. I just want to say to everyone out there that, uh, thank you for listening to this podcast. And I just want to encourage you and motivate you, you know, continue to learn, you know, as physicians, you've spent so much time focusing on medicine, you know, really grab a hold of this business stuff and really look into resources to help you, whether it's Physician on Fire or the White Coat Investor, uh, Docs Outside the Box or my podcast, just keep learning. And then don't just have the knowledge, implement it. Because it's knowledge plus implementation is equal to power and freedom. So grab your power and freedom, my friends. Implement everything you hear um, and listen to. Dang, Dave, you got me fired up, Let's man. do it. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. You guys are fired up. You guys are 
Um, you guys should be ready to go. So, Dave, thank you very much again for being on the show. Got to have you on again. Let's do All right, it again. my friend. Thank you for having me. And that's a wrap, everybody. Episode 33 is officially over. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast. I learned a lot. I definitely enjoyed it. Definitely got to understand and get a deeper understanding of that 1099 life. And as well, understanding the different types of business entities, S-Corporation versus LLC. um, And then also comparing that to the life of a W-2 employee. So no shade on W-2, but it was just interesting to get the perspective of things that we can do better if we want to live outside the box and start receiving payment as a 1099 worker. So overall, I hope you all enjoyed it. Links to Dave and his website, as well as as to his podcast is in the show notes. If you want to engage me, as always, you can reach me via email at NiiI, that's my first name, at docsotb.com. You can reach me through Facebook, at www.facebook.com forward slash docsotb, Instagram at kneepdarko, that's N-I-I-P is in Paul, D-A-R-K-O, and also through Twitter at docsotb. If you didn't catch any of that, if I went too fast, don't worry about it, just go to the website. The links to my social media are in the website on the right-hand side, I think. <laughs> I think I'm right, I think it's on the right-hand side. And if you know someone who would benefit from this show, someone who you think this show would really help, go ahead, show some love, and share this episode with them. I think right now one of the best ways to do it is to take a screenshot of the episode that you're listening to um, in whatever fashion, if you're using iTunes on an iPhone or if you're using your favorite podcast episode catcher on Android, go ahead and screenshot that episode Put it on Instagram and then go ahead and share it on Instagram stories and tag me on it. All right. And then also, as always, I really appreciate podcast reviews, especially Apple podcast reviews. Go ahead and please hook me up with a five star podcast review if you really enjoyed it. It only takes a couple of minutes. The links are definitely in the show notes. So, look, I'm going to catch you all on the next episode. But before we jet, remember, we only got one life. Let's make it count and live outside the box. Peace.